Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, let's turn our attention to God's Word. Howdy, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Light Steps Live. As we continue in our Fruitful Disciples series, today's word of the day is danger. I want to point out the danger of being a person who walks as a follower of Jesus, desiring to bear fruit, who lives in appreciation of relationships, who who desires to be an ambassador and be influential, there is a danger that we must address. Now, I also want to say, I want to give a shout out today to somebody who, in this discussion, helped me frame these very thoughts, um, a great portion of them anyway, my good friend, Dr. Jason Evans. I um, was visiting the church Jason was pastoring some years ago, and he preached on Genesis 19, which is where we'll turn our attention today, and how Jason framed his thoughts in that sermon and in our subsequent discussions about it, it made a huge impact on my life. I don't think there's anything new under the sun, so I don't ever imagine I'm saying anything original, um, especially original in, in Christendom. Um, but today, particularly, I want to give uh, credit where credit is due. I really owe a debt of gratitude to Brother Jason Evans for these thoughts. Let's turn then to Genesis chapter 19. It's unlike some days where I'm, I'm all over the place in the scriptures. Today, I just want to hone in on Genesis 19. I want to read... Uh, all the way, let's just do it in sections. Let me read first the first 14 verses, give a thought there, and then come back and read some verses and give another thought. Genesis 19, beginning in verse number one. The two angels, what two angels? The two angels that already had been in a conversation with Abraham. Anyway, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth. And said, my lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, no, we will spend the night in the town square. Verse three, but he pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered into his house and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Verse six, Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. <sighs> Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow came to sojourn and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man a lot and drew near to break down the door. Verse 10, but the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great. 
so that they wore themselves out groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, daughters, sons, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of the place. For we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Verse 14. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters up, get out of this place for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-laws to be jesting. Thought number one, submission to God is more important than status in the culture. Because time will go by so very fast as we unfold some thoughts here on the dangers of allowing the the world to influence us more than letting God influence us in the world. Let, let me go ahead and just say some quick thoughts. Lot had split with Abraham. They had been uh, migrant shepherds under the watchful care of God, being led by God. And Lot had parted ways with Abram and had come into this town and some thoughts that are worth a lecture. They really are worth a lecture. They're worth a, they're worth some deep study. What is sort of embedded here in the, in the passage that might be strange to our minds is that if Lot was sitting at the city gate, he was one of the city officials. In other words, he had moved into town. This is the first time a city's ever mentioned in the Bible. He had moved into town and become one of the guys. He was one of the people. He was a he was a person of influence. But what was he doing with his influence? Hmm, that's interesting. And uh, not only that, he he was a person who greatly valued um, his own customs of hospitality. How do I know? He's the first one to greet these guys. He welcomes them into their home, into his home. Uh, he's even willing to weirdly sacrifice his family for these guys. So, so these little mentions of Lot sitting at the setting at the um, at the gate, sitting at the gate of the city. That that little mention is really pretty big, and this little mention of how far he's willing for his hospitality to go is pretty big. But it's also interesting to know that if he's an official of the city and he can't get the people to listen to him, then it shows that the desire of the flesh is more powerful than the seat of the governance. Now, y'all might have to think about that a while. But it's more important that one be submitted to God than it is to have status in our culture. But I believe that's something we get backwards a whole lot. We will actually give over our submission to God so that we might gain status in our culture. We can laugh about it when we see it in a childish way where some young fellow might be bragging to his friends or might disdain the company of his parents uh, or might fall into doing something silly so that his friends would approve of him. We sort of laugh at those childish manifestations, but it's they're they're really not that funny, and it's definitely not funny in the adult versions that you're getting here. So here's a warning. There's so much to unfold in this passage. There's so much incredible stuff that I'm not even going to touch on. I'd urge you to read the passage yourself. But for today's purposes, just take this. Take this idea and pursue it. Submission to God is more important 
the status and the culture. Let me get to this. Let me get to this second thought. The second thought, I'm going to read about eight verses to go with it in Genesis 19. The second thought is being, being, being set apart unto God is separation from perversion. Being set apart to God is separation from perversion. And then you can actually, you can see what the antithetical point of that would be. Being, being into perversion is separating oneself from God. I mean, who didn't know it? All right. Now, let's look at verses 15 through 22. Same passage. Verse 15, as morning dawned, the angels urged Lot saying, up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he, he Lot, Lot lingered. So the men seized Lot and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him. You see this, they have no will. Let me interrupt the passage. They have no will of their own. This is all the sovereignty of God. The Lord being merciful to him, verse 16 tells us, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. Okay, I hope we can hear the warning, but we'll see the hand of the deliverance is from the Lord. I hope we can hear the warning, but the hand of the deliverance is from the Lord. Look at verse 18. And Lot said to them, oh, no, my lords. Okay, Paul's right there. They are being told the city is getting ready to be destroyed. Get out of here so you won't be swept up with the destruction of the city. And Lot is still protesting. Verse 19. Behold, your servant has found favor in your sight. And you have shown me great kindness in saving my life, but I cannot escape to the hills lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, the city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. In other words, don't send me off back into the wilderness <laughs> where there's not people I can impress. I have to. I just have to live out there and just enjoy my family and 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 uh, enjoy the Lord. Oh boy, what a what a crazy tangled web we weave, okay? Pick it back up in the passage. Verse 21. He said to him, Behold, I grant you this favor uh, also, and I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive there. Therefore, the, uh, the name of the city was called Zoar. I mean, this is crazy, okay? God's telling them to get out of this mess. And they want to go from one mess to another mess. I, I just want to say, friends, that when we're called to, to, to we're called aside and we're called, the, well, the biblical word is sanctification. And we're called to be set apart unto the Lord. It is separation from perversion. There's this notion these days that we can be fruitful disciples and, and just do all this worldly mess in our culture. It, it's just not true. It's just not true. These things don't go together. They just don't go together. And, and rather than make a list of all the things that are cultural hot topics, why don't you just pick up the scripture and find out what God calls good? God is the definition of good. Find out what God calls good. Find out what God calls evil. Find out what God calls wrong. Find out what God calls right. Search the scriptures. Let, let the truth of the word of God be our guide. But we are called to be sanctified, to be set apart unto the Lord. I love that passage the prophet Isaiah gives us. It says, woe to them that call good evil and evil good. In other words, that's a world turned around. And that's what 
That's what old Lot was living in. Now, if you want some clarity on it, go read the go read the Second Peter, and you'll see there that it says that that Lot was oppressed. He was oppressed by the sexual sin around him. If that doesn't sound like a modern day commentary, Lord have mercy. And the best way to lose influence is to let worldliness ruin our, our, our influence, to ruin our walk with God. Uh, when Jason Evans was preaching on this passage, I got excited. He mentioned this passage and I immediately got excited. It's, it's, it's a favorite uh, passage of mine, Ecclesiastes chapter seven. Uh, you know, I love it. I, I shared it at a ton of funerals. I find it very much helpful in helping us frame our mourning and look unto God. But it says, it says there, distress, excuse me, <laughs> oppression makes a wise man mad. In other words, spiritual oppression will make even a good person crazy. Friends, I'm telling you, being set apart unto the Lord is so critical. And I, I, I'm not saying I've got it mastered. I'm saying, wow, may we hear this warning and look to the Lord's hand of deliverance. I, I better press on if I'm going to get through this. I'll tell you what, let's just jump down to Genesis chapter 19, verses 28 and 29. Let me make point number three out of those two verses. Okay. Says he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley, and he looked, and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of, of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. Okay. So when Jason, this is a direct point I got from Jason. And uh, I love, I, I took a lot of notes that day. I love how he unfolded it. Stability does not necessarily equal security. Okay, just because we are living the high life don't means, does not mean that we're okay. Uh, <laughs> look at Lot, he's a leader down there. He has, he has status in the community, but what happens to the entire city? What happens to the entire structural culture? What happens to the whole of Sodom? It is all turned to ashes by the power of the Lord. What does it profit a man if he gains a whole world and loses his soul? What does it matter if you are the most award-winning person on the earth when the whole earth will be turned into ash? What does it matter if you're monetarily secure, but you're not ready to meet your maker? What does it matter if you're of perfect health and everyone, everyone perishes? Stability does not necessarily equal security. We can be stable in this, in this season, in this age, in this culture, and still not be secure and resting in the arms of Jesus. There's a danger here, friends. If we're going to be fruitful disciples, we better recognize the danger. And I could, boy, howdy, we could go all over scripture. I'm, not, I'm honestly not trying to be all doom and gloom. I'm saying we should hear this word from the Lord. There's danger. And we would do well to recognize it. Let me back up to verse 14 and make this fourth point before time expires on us. I believe this is a good way to say this. If you go back to verse 14, you, you will notice something here. When, when Lot goes 
to speak to his sons-in-laws. He went out and said to his sons-in-laws who were to marry his daughters up, get out of this place for the Lord is about to destroy the city. He said, all right, boys, get up. We got to go. Those last few words in verse 14, I, I think about them very often. He seemed to his sons-in-laws to be jesting. This is the spit of Satan, if I've ever heard it. What, what, what did the serpent say in the garden? Did God really say? I mean, is that serious? So let me say point number four like this. Sleepy holiness breeds unbelievable witness. Sleepy holiness breeds unbelievable witness. Absolutely. God had his hands on Lot. Absolutely. Lot is one of the elected. Elect. A lot is rescued. Lot is given incredible favor before all this. He is rescued. Absolutely, God had his hand on Lot. But because inside of God's good favor being on him, Lot was not passionate about the things of the Lord, not persistent about the things of the Lord, and he did not pursue the things of the Lord. And therefore, he had a sleepy holiness, and his sleepy holiness led to an unbelievable witness. Oh, my goodness gracious, all the folks, you know, who take up the red solo cup on Saturday night and think they're going to lay hands in any serious way on the communion cup on Sunday, don't understand. They ruin their testimony to their own hearts, their children, their friends. Sleepy holiness breeds unbelievable witness. Again, the point of today's podcast is not to simply be full of doom and gloom, and we could look across the scope of Scripture. We could test all these things in many ways. But I believe this story of Lot in Genesis 19 should serve as a very powerful warning to all of us to take the things of the Lord seriously and to realize the danger of this worldly age and culture we live in. Thank you guys for listening. Be blessed and look forward to being with you again on Life Steps Live. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. This episode is sponsored by the Light Steps devotional series. Would you like to have Light Steps in print or on your digital reader? Tim Bose has written three devotionals, Light Steps, More Light Steps, and Steps on the Roman Road. These titles can be found in print at the My Life Matters office or in digital format via Amazon. Tim Bose is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Thank you.